Welcome to St. Alphonsus Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the St. Alphonsus Wellcast. This is Kim Cleveland. I'm a nurse practitioner with St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing Department. Today we are continuing our series with the St. Alphonsus Brain Health Memory Center program and we have Kara Kuntz who is the medical director and geriatrician at the Memory Center. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. We've had other individuals on but now we have the medical director herself to shed some light on an important topic. Um, So first today we're going to talk about caregiver support and education which is so important because so many individuals are, you know, taking part in the care of other individuals who have a diagnosis of cognitive impairment and other brain health issues. So thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. Yes, this is one of my favorite topics. I can't speak enough about the importance of caregiver support and education and the lack of really in this country and our state and how we can't do enough to support these individuals. Yeah, for sure. Um, So tell me what is it about it that makes it so important for you and and what you see in your practice and with your patients and, and what you think there could be more of? So In our current practice, uh, which is a geriatrics consult practice, we see about 70 to 80 percent of individuals with dementia. Mm -hmm. And now, as you mentioned, we're starting a memory center where all the patients coming through the memory center will be those having concerns regarding memory. As individuals progress in their journey with memory loss, they become more and more dependent on their loved ones to help support them. Mm -hmm. Those caregivers take on a tremendous task of providing support or function on many levels. And caregiver fatigue and burnout is a really big challenge for those individuals. It results in caregivers having uh, increased incidence of depression and mm-hmm. chronic illness themselves that goes untreated and unaddressed. So here in our memory center, we're looking to try and provide additional caregiver support and education to those that are caring for loved ones with dementia in collaboration with our local partners that include the Alzheimer's Association and Janus, which is a local organization, which we can talk more about later on. But mostly I want to get to, you know, why is caregiver support and education so important? And the point I want to make that's the most important here is that people think of dementia and they, and they first ask, you know, what can be done? Are there any drugs to help? And gosh, I wish there were, right. you know, but we really don't have a lot of great drugs to help delay the disease. We certainly don't have any drugs that cure the disease. Right. But we do have caregiver support and education. And there is data that shows us that we can really improve outcomes for individuals living with dementia if we provide adequate caregiver support and education. So I want to provide a couple examples, you know, comparing and contrasting to a current drug that's just recently been FDA approved. Maybe you've heard of Lakembi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the new FDA-approved Alzheimer's drug, and data shows us that it slows progression of disease by about five months. Well, caregiver support and education, we know, can delay transition to nursing homes by about 1.5 years, based on a study that's been out since 2006. Right. So this is demonstrated in multiple studies. There was another study that came out in JAMA in 2006 that showed decrease caregiver stress and improve behaviors in loved ones living with dementia by providing caregiver support and education. And another study that came out in 2014 that showed decreased hospitalizations by 50% by providing these sorts of interventions for caregivers. Wow. 
pretty striking, right? Yeah. And, you know, it sort of makes me question, you know, what's the etiology here? Is it that, you know, if we're, if we're more educated as caregivers, we can provide better care to individuals who are suffering from the disease? Yeah, great question. So the disease is really complicated. Right. And as the disease progresses, an individual's needs change. It's really hard to know how to care for those loved ones if you don't get training. Uh, and it's hard to know how to meet the needs of someone who's struggling with communication, right. for example, right? So communication's one thing that we address head on in our visits to help loved ones learn how to communicate. Things like avoiding arguing. What a lot, a lot of people don't realize is that when it comes to dementia, we don't just have short-term memory loss, mm-hmm. but the parts of our brain that participate in reason logic, judgment, those parts of the brain start to degenerate as well. Right. And so when a person with dementia is progressing through the disease and they have a frustration or a complaint and a loved one tries to help address it by reasoning, mm-hmm. sometimes that causes an increase in agitation. Mm-hmm. And then what we call dementia-related behaviors escalate mm-hmm. and a person becomes agitated and maybe they're kicking or screaming or throwing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then they end up in the ER mm-hmm. because the loved one or the caregiver feels overwhelmed and stressed and afraid and they feel like they can't do it anymore and they take them to the ER. Whereas if that caregiver perhaps had some formal training on mm-hmm. how to de-escalate a situation mm-hmm. and communicate in a way that doesn't cause frustration then they might be able to avoid those ER visits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what we're talking about when we say effective caregiver support and education can delay need for institutionalization by 1.5 years, reduce hospitalizations by 50%. It's because we're giving these individuals skills to help maintain a calm, soothing environment where the person living with dementia feels heard, feels that their integrity and their Dignity is maintained. Right. Um, they're not being engaged in, in conversations that they no longer have the brain power to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the big challenges here is how, how do caregivers get that time to learn those skills? Mm-hmm. And that's where we need respite for these individuals. We need, mm-hmm. we need breaks for them to be able to take time away from their loved one, which is often a full-time job, to mm-hmm. go get this formal training. Mm-hmm. It's hard in my clinic, you know, because people will come in and see us when their loved one's already in the advanced stage of dementia, and they're already overwhelmed, and they're already frustrated, and we're wanting to give them these skills around communication techniques. And I start to talk about it, and I can just see the guilt and sadness in their eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I've been doing it all wrong. And I say to them, oh, my gosh, please be kind to yourself. Right. You know, you didn't apply for this job right you didn't sign up for this this became your world out of the love and kindness in your heart to care for this person in your family and yet no one's taught you how to do this right so it's you know sort of trial and error on the job training for these individuals but if only it didn't have to be that right if only we could see people at their earliest stage of dementia and start providing them education so that they have the tools to reduce their chronic stress, depression, illness as a caregiver, give them the confidence and the tools they need to be effective caregivers. And then it would also 
dramatically improve the health and outcomes of their loved one, allow them to stay together in their home longer, which is ultimately what both people want. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be honest, it would reduce cost of health care in this country dramatically because we wouldn't have unnecessary hospitalizations for individuals that really aren't getting the ultimate care they need anyway. It's hard to give good care in the setting of a hospital because there's a lot of loud noises and a lot of strangers. It's a scary environment for someone with dementia. Yeah. So we really need to be looking at ways to keep people out of the hospital by training their caregivers how to provide calm and well-being in the home. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if Medicare paid for that instead of paying for expensive medications that do very little or provide minimal improvement in outcomes. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to unpack there in terms of, <laughs> you know, what would be optimal in terms of preparing yeah. individuals who are family members as well as the, the individuals with the cognitive impairment. But, you know, I'm hearing a lot of commonalities in some of the concepts you're discussing with, um, you know, the, the need for support and respite. Um, providing an opportunity for the individuals who are taking care to also be taken care of a little and have that that time to themselves, the time to, to tend to their own needs, the time to learn the skills that they need in a non-threatening environment. Um, and, and then also that need for preparation where, you know, learning the skills ahead of time or outside of that, that environment that can be somewhat triggering or activating um, can allow for a little bit of a smoother communication or transition during those times of stress with, with their family members and loved ones. And and gosh, what a gift that would be to, to give to individuals and their families um, to be able to provide more support and education. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is where our state and federal dollars should be going is to support caregivers and this type of education. Um, And while we're still working as sort of a movement to advocate for that. Uh, in the meantime, we have lots of nonprofits doing great work to mm-hmm. try and fill in the gap. And so some of those organizations, as I mentioned, include the Alzheimer's Association, you know, their website, alz.org. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of wonderful classes to educate caregivers on a whole host of things, spanning from what is the diagnosis? Mm-hmm. What does dementia look like? Mm-hmm. What is a typical prognosis, right? Where is this going? What should I expect as my loved one progresses from mild to moderate to severe disease? So just that alone is really mm-hmm. helpful information for people to plan for the future. Then as we talked about, what are communication tips and tricks to maintain calm in the home, which is super important. The mm-hmm. more we can all remain calm, the more yeah. we can use and optimize our brain power that we have. As we, any of us, whether we have dementia or don't have dementia, if we're stressed, we resort to using our, what we call primitive brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the part of the brain that gets into fight or flight, right? right? And, and isn't um, able to do technical executive function thinking or mm-hmm. complex problem solving, which is what's needed in, in right. times of, of distress. So um, maintaining calm in the home, super important skill to develop. And I say it that way because it's a skill that, Mm -hmm. that requires some training. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, back to the Alzheimer's Association, they provide classes on the disease, the progression, the communication techniques, planning for the future, transitions of care. And then a company called Janus or a nonprofit in town called Janus, their website, www.janus.org provides 
class called Powerful Tools for Caregivers, which Mm -hmm. really focuses on the importance of Mm self-care. How do we as caregivers take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, when we're on an airplane, the flight attendants tell us, first, put your own oxygen mask on before putting on the oxygen mask of your child sitting next to you. And it's the same concept here, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a caregiver, you really need to take care of yourself first so that you have the ability to effectively care for your loved one and both of you you and your loved one deserve that. Right. So that's what that class is all about. Powerful tools for caregivers. They also provide a respite program where they have AmeriCorps volunteers okay. that will, um, if you qualify, an AmeriCorps volunteer can come to your home and spend some time sitting with your loved one with dementia while you go run errands. They don't really provide caregiving in the sense of bathing or... Right, or skilled skilled care or right anything right like that, it's right. more of like companionship yeah uh so that you know that your loved one's in safe good hands mm-hmm. while while you go run necessary errands so mm-hmm. also a great great opportunity in town if if you're looking for that as well um and then additionally as i mentioned our clinic our memory center uh with the help of our social worker and our chaplain we tried to provide education and training around these topics on a regular basis as well that's great. I mean, it's such a resource for individuals and for their families. And and it's great that there are places doing that work and, and more of it should be done um, in the future. And hopefully we'll see that reflected in, in some policy making decisions and some um, just maybe social supports and cultural changes and shifts toward um, supporting individuals as more and more of us are put in the, in the situation of needing to care for, for loved ones and for those around us. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking about this topic. I think it is so important and so necessary. And the more awareness we can get around it, the, the better, um, better chance we have of influencing the way our culture functions as we have more aging adults and, and those with cognitive decline as well. So um, thank you so much for coming on and we appreciate your insight and we will talk to you next time. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of St. Alphonsus Wellcast, brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing and the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Always be sure to catch new episodes by subscribing to us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. We hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be well.